Thank you for listening to Christian Family Church Podcast. Here at CFC, our mission is to live and communicate the power of the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ to the world around us. From wherever you're listening, we hope you'll be encouraged by this week's message. Good morning. Am I turned on here? I think so. It's uh, great to see the numbers slowly increasing um, with each passing week after everyone's coming back from holidays. Um, It's a bit of a surprise that um, I wasn't too sure uh, Andrew was supposed to preach today, but I didn't know that. And uh, so I'd prepared this uh, through the week and um, through a few weeks. And then um, Rochelle, uh, on Friday, I think, had some symptoms that she thought might have been COVID. And suddenly Andrew thought he, uh, we all thought, well, if she's got COVID, maybe he shouldn't be up here preaching. But I think the results came through this morning, was it, Andrew, that she actually didn't. She tested negative. So in the meantime, it it makes you realise that God sort of knows what's going on. I'm not saying God created the COVID for it but uh, he prepared me for this and um, it was because I didn't realize there was actually five Sundays in this month and I just look at my calendar and thought oh yeah this is this is the one it is it actually was next was next week but um, (laughs) I'm interested you know the the title I've given this is sort of flows on from where I was last time about God is growing us and uh, as God grows us we go through We're all different. He's taking us all through different stages. But this one is growing us by keeping us fit. And that we often think of keeping fit, and and the 26 ladies that went on the hike would think I'm talking about that sort of fit. But there's a parallel there. But um, the Bible actually talks more about not physical fitness so much as emotional and mental fitness. And um, I'm also cautious about what I'm not saying I don't want people to think that uh, if you struggle with anxiety or struggle with emotional things that um, you're not doing it right you know in the same way as people are just born some more fit than others you know you would never get me to be um, a league footballer I'm I'm just not I'm just not built that way and uh and so the requirements for somebody to, that, that is called to be a footballer obviously is different for somebody that's called um, not to be or for any other sport that matter. You've got elite athletes that have just have an ability that is beyond the average person. And so there's all sorts of abilities with mental fitness, physical fitness. It's just the way we're made. So don't feel condemned if you're not really good at something. Don't feel really condemned if uh, you struggle with, with uh, emotional things or mental things like that. And um, I know what it can be like. It was some years back, and uh, I don't want to make you like to really suffer from anxiety. I haven't a lot, but I remember at one stage when um, we were literally probably months away from losing our house, business and everything, and I remember one early one morning, like 
two o'clock, I woke up just, just with incredible anxiety, stress, and you think, why am I, aren't I trusting God with this? But I was trying to, but you wake up just shaking and you, you can't do anything about it. It was a, it was, it was just stress that was sort of, you know, was coming on me, and we had a um, a men's uh, a men's breakfast out there, and and uh, Rob Bailey was speaking, and if you know Rob's ministry, a lot of it is to, to actually he he, he just as it, he gets a word from God and he just, unbeknownst to him what it's about, he he will describe a picture, and he'll just say. You know, this must mean something to you. And he singled me out and he said, I see a fence that is being strained and the wires are so tight, you think they're going to break. But he said, they're not going to break. He said, it feels like that. And I thought, oh, so God knows what I'm going through. And, um, and then he said the bit I didn't like to hear, he said, but it's not finished yet. Oh, right. How long do I have to wait? Um, but it gave me the confidence to know that God heard me. He gave me the confidence to know that God knew where I was. And I just want to say that God, God knows where each one of us are, whatever we're going through. And if you're here this morning and you feel like you're on your own, you feel like nobody understands, God knows. He knows exactly where you are. And... Um, just, just a couple of months ago, and I, I started thinking, and it was in the COVID times when, and there was people, all sorts of people, um, under a lot of pressure and stress, and, and it was a, just affecting their lives, even, even though um, we were pretty safe here in Colac, but there was particularly people in Melbourne, and you heard a lot about the, their mental health uh, issues, just not knowing what was going on, businesses were going broke. And I was praying about all that and God gave me the scripture from 1 Samuel 30 verse 6 and it said, David found strength in the Lord and um, David was now in great danger because all his men were very bitter about losing their sons and daughters. Now they were coming under attack and the um, enemy was actually uh, pinching them taking their sons and daughters away. And so his whole army was starting to blame David. It's all your fault, David. And uh, David was pretty depressed about the whole thing. And they began to talk on stoning David. So you can imagine, it was getting pretty serious. It wasn't just coming up to an election. They were going to stone him. But David, uh, found, as some translations say, found strength in the Lord. David found comfort in the Lord. But he, it was in the Lord. He had to go to God with it, and that's where he found peace. And if you look through the Psalms, David writes a lot of songs and poetry about the challenges he faced, but he always came back, you know, and that's when he wrote the Psalm, I guess, around that time, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And he's saying that to us today, that no matter what we're going through, he knows, and that's where we need to go. And, uh, and like I said, there are so many... Challenges to just keeping physically fit, and certainly at my age, the challenges seem to increase. Um, but some people are just naturally 
have more challenges in that than others. Some people are naturally bigger people than others. And so just because you struggle with anxiety or struggle with mental health, um, it's just the way you're born. It's not that you've done anything wrong. It's just life and uh, it's just genetics. But that doesn't mean to say we just have to accept it because God has a plan for each one of us to, to go through that. And in my case, and at my age, I have to work harder at keeping fit than some young people. And uh, especially, you know, certainly a lot harder than people that, um, you know, keeping my weight under control, I have to work harder than some people that are always just skinny. Good luck to them. Um, and there's people that, that are, have even more challenges there than I do, I'm sure. But my point is this, the same applies to keeping emotionally fit. The same applies to keeping mentally fit. So let's, let's focus. Let's not have a guilt trip here of where we're at, um, but let's focus on, on what the Bible says about it. And, um, you know, the Bible talks about a lot about our thought life. And our thought life determines our whole life. It determines the things we think about end up outworking in our life. And uh, the scripture is really big in controlling our thought life. So let's look at just a few scriptures there that, that come to mind. Uh, Philippians 4.8. So whatsoever things are good, pure and lovely, think on these things. Um, so right there is a scripture that, you know, it, it's, it's quite obvious that we need to control our thought life. Anything that is excellent and praiseworthy, think about such things. Proverbs 23 and 7 says, As a man thinks, so is he. Um, Eat and drink, saith to thee. Um, King James Version, I'm not used to that. But his heart is not with you. Um, it's in it. So as a man thinks in his heart. So the things we think about determine who we are. Um, Romans 12 and 2 talks about renewing our minds daily. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our minds, the things we think about. Um, so it's our thought life affects our whole life. And um, Romans 8, 6 talks about setting the mind. The sinful man is death, but the mind controlled by the spirit is life and peace that peace that we really need, that peace which is sort of opposite to being anxious, that peace. Um, and sometimes it takes a real effort. And, and when I, you know, that, that day that I wake up, or the morning I wake up, and, and it's just like a, an anxiety grips you and there's no logic to it, it's just there. Um, but the way to get around that, it it's really takes effort. But to really focus on God, to really take your your mind off the circumstances. I often actually find you, your mind goes right when you're in bed. It pays to get up. The first thing you can do is, is get up and see that, hang on, the world hasn't collapsed yet. It's still here. And, and we just think differently. So it's just little practical things, but the Bible talks about um, so strongly about um, keeping spiritually fit, um, keeping fit by emotionally fit and mentally fit by focusing on, on the good things. And um, 
You know, it's only permanent streams that produce long-term fruit. Back in, um, in the Babylonian days, uh, they, they are attacking Jerusalem. And in Jerusalem, um, <coughs> they were a bit smart. So before the Babylonians came, they had dug a tunnel that brought water into the city, unbeknownst to the Babylonians. So here's the Babylonians thinking, ha, 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 we're going to just surround the city and nobody can, uh, nobody can come into the city. Uh, they're going to give up because they're going to run out of water. But Hezekiah, and it's sometimes called Hezekiah's Tunnel, or the Siloam Tunnel, was built under the city um, to bring water into the city. So here's all the, the Babylonians standing around there thinking they're going to run out of water, and here's, here's uh, the guys in Jerusalem thinking, oh, I've got plenty of fresh water here, guys. Oh, I can wait this one out. And um, the point is, it kept them going for a long, long time because they had water because they dug their tunnel before they needed it. And we need to dig our tunnels. We need to dig our dams before we need them, which means we establish our relationship with God, develop a relationship with God before a disaster comes. It's an ongoing thing. It needs to start, you know, before COVID comes before all the calamities might come around us, before we find ourselves broke or whatever and under stress, we need to dig the tunnels. We need to allow that water, the permanent water, to come into our lives. And um, Scripture talks about a lot about that, actually. And uh, Jeremiah 17, Jeremiah 17 and verse 7 says, But blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. He is like a tree planted by the water that sends its roots down into the stream. It's talking about permanent water. And uh, it does not fear when the heat comes. Its leaves are always green and it never has to worry about drought. It never fails to bear fruit. You know, droughts are going to come and go. Droughts in our life, sometimes we have those dry periods. We think, goodness me, um, how am I going to get through this? But if our roots are in God, our relationship is in God, um, we can get through. And um, Psalm 1 and verse 1 says, Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the way of sinners, or sit in the seat of mockers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. So there's a, a meditation on God's word. Day and night, just let it become part of our life. He's like a tree in Psalm 1.3. He's like a tree that's planted by streams of water. The same uh, picture that we just read, whose fruit, it bears fruit in its season, whose leaf does not wither, and whatever he does prospers. And it's not so with the wicked. He's like a chaff that the wind blows away. So those who don't trust God, it all depends on them. No wonder they can fall into fear. No wonder they can fall into panic. And, um, but when we trust in God, it's not so easy. I'm not saying it's easy. But it's something we need to practice at. We need to develop that, that, that tunnel, that flow of water into our lives before we need it, before the drought comes. And, um, you know, I, I, um, I thought back to... 
to when I became a Christian back in the 60s and um, in the mid-60s. And I was in a little uh, United Church at Lavers Hill and we didn't have Youth Alive and we didn't have the big events. And it, it took real effort to listen to an 80-year-old um, minister and try and get what he was actually trying to say that would inspire a 14-year-old. Um, but it, it took work to actually dig in and, and learn and, and study the scriptures for myself. But it put me in good stead because today with all the mega churches and with bands and Christian entertainment, and there's nothing wrong with good Christian entertainment, but if we depend on it, um, it's a little bit like well, just eating ice cream. It won't sustain us. It won't give us what we need um, when things are tough. And uh, I believe God's doing... He's, uh, he's doing a new thing. He's, <coughs> pardon me. He's using COVID in many ways to cause us to, you know, okay, we, we can't do things quite the way we were, but we, he is always there with us. He's causing us to go back to a, a day-to-day relationship with himself. And so... I think, you know, there's talk about many people falling away from church through COVID around the world. But I, I think it's causing people to develop their own personal relationship. And those that don't have it, that don't have that entertainment, and I've seen it in the big churches, um, and I've heard the words that have been coming from some of the prophetic churches saying, God is looking towards establishing the church in small groups and home groups, back to where it was in the first days and back to where many of the the countries that persecute Christians, they had to have the underground church. They they didn't have concerts. They didn't have um, things like that. So they had to go back to their own personal relationship. And I think that's... We don't want to wait till we have that extreme persecution, although it's enough sometimes we think now, but we need to start establishing that tunnel, start digging those ditches, start feeding on God and allowing that water to come in. So there are three three things. Firstly, we need to know our source. We need to know our source of inspiration. We need to know um, where where we get that sustenance from. And um, Paul's prayer for us is this from Ephesians 118, he says, <clears throat> I pray that your, your understanding being enlightened, that you may know the hope of his calling, which you, <clears throat> and what are the riches of the glory of the inheritance of the saints, and what is this exceeding greatness of his power for us who believe, according to the working of his mighty power. And uh, it's God who gives us strength and Paul's praying that we would know that strength, know that it comes from him. And then in uh, Ephesians 3.16 it says that you would, he prays that he would grant you according to his riches of glory to be strengthened with the might through his spirit in your inner man. And he's talking about building us up inside ourselves, our emotional and mental health and strength. So this is where to keep ourselves fit mentally, to keep ourselves fit emotionally. 
This is where we need. This is where it comes from. That in Christ you may dwell, that Christ may dwell in your heart through faith. You being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend, along with all the saints, what is the width and length and depth and height to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we ask or think, according to that power within us. That, that's an incredible statement that Paul is praying there, that, that God will be able to do more than even what we can think. If you can think of the best things, that God is able to do even more than that. So to him be the glory in the church for all generations. So this is, um, this is where it comes from. It's our life in God. And that's where we get that fitness from. From our inspiration, our motivation and victory comes through, through that. And David knew his source. David not only encouraged himself in God when, uh, when he was feeling down and when everything was against him, but he knew his source. And in 1 Samuel 17, 45, it says, and this is where, where David was just a youngster and he'd come up against uh, Goliath. And here he was, a young guy that they'd just, he'd just been a shepherd boy and he'd been out there, you know, knocking off the lions and the bears. But he got to know God and he got to know, he'd had that, connection with God and here he comes up against Goliath and he says there to Goliath you come against me with a sword and spear and javelin but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty the God of the armies of Israel whom you have defied so right there we see how David knew his source he knew where his strength came from it wasn't in his skill with his sling and the stones it was in God and uh, he didn't worry about this, this giant that was so much bigger than him. He was a soldier who could just, one swipe could take his head off. It didn't bother him. His strength was in God. And, and our strength will also be tested, our source will be tested and um, it's going to come up over and over again. It's the only way we can really be strengthened in that. Our source of strength and encouragement will be tested. And... Um, you know, Jesus taught us there in Matthew 7 and um, 26, and we all know this well, but we sing it in, used to sing it in Sunday school there. Um, but everyone who hears these words of mine will not put them into practice. He's like the foolish man who built his house upon the sand. And um, the rains came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew, and the heat beat against the house, and it fell with a great crash because it was built on sand. And that passage goes on to talk about a house that's built on the rock, the foundation of Christ. And that's what we've got to build our life on because like it or not, there are storms that are going to come. Jesus said there will st storms will come. Storms will come and beat on that. Storms will come and beat on us. So before the storm comes, let's put our foundations down. And uh, in the same way, let's dig that channel fresh water that only God can provide. Let's, let's make sure our relationship with God um, is in tune so that when the storms come, we'll be ready. When the droughts come, and it seems like a long time between drinks, we will still be able to feed from him.
And, um, you know, our, our life, our thought life shows our source life. And we just need to think of the things that feed us, how much time we, we spend looking at soap operas or romance novels or six o'clock news. Um, I'm not saying they shouldn't be there, but our source has got to come from something far greater and, um, and realise that it's got to come from God. You know, there's a story that says um, there was a man who had two dogs. He had a black dog and a white dog. And uh, they used to fight. And somebody said, well, how do you know which dog wins the fight? And he says, the one I feed the most. And in our lives, there's often a white dog and a black dog having a fight. We've got to feed the one we want to win. The mo- that we want to win. Um, presumably, it's the white dog. Not prejudice, <laughs> but uh, you know we've got to watch what we feed in our lives, and um, and what you know we we see Israel. It was they had their source really tested. They had their source tested when they sent their spies into the promised land, and they said, oh, "We seem like grasshoppers. We are so small. We can't do this. These are giants." and uh, the source was on their ability, not God's. They were looking to how big they saw themselves. Like, I can't do that. I'm a nobody. I wonder how often we've said that when God's put his finger on us and said, I'd like you to do this or that ministry or something else. I could never do that. We need to be looking to God and not to our own ability because we need to remind ourselves of that source and um, remind ourselves of those promises that, um, you know, there's a series there, a whole series of them where in Philippians, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. And uh, if God is for me, who can be against me from Romans? Deuteronomy 28, you are the head and not the tail. Ephesians 1.18, the incredibly great power for us who believe. Greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. What a promise. When Satan's against us, greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world. And um, 1 John 5, 5 says, Who is it that overcomes the world? Only he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. It's important how we see ourselves in God. It's not our ability, but it's him. And um, the second thing is once... We know that source, we need to secure it. And we secure it and deposit into that um, by, simply, by simply walking and spending time in God. Um, living water doesn't dry up. John 4.14 says, But whoever drinks the water I give him will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give him, he will become a spring of water welling up in eternal life. So we go to Jesus, we go to him for that strength. He is our source. And uh, Isaiah 40, 31 says that those whose hope is in the Lord, he will renew their strength. I reckon every one of us needs our strength renewed from time to time. And uh, that's when our hope is in the Lord. He will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. You know, when I, I read that, I realise 
Eagles have a different view than what we do on earth. They see a different perspective. And that's the thing. That's the thing that gives us hope. We, we will soar on wings like eagles. We will have a different view of what's going on because we'll see it through God's eyes. And, um, you know, the stronger the wind blows, the higher those eagles fly and the better the view they have of what's really going on. And we need to trust that God has a better view than what we can see here. But as we tap into him and our hope in him, we will also have a, a different perspective if we just make that time of intimacy with God. That is just so critical. Build our relationship on that. And um, remember who it was that missed the Messiah. The Jews missed the Messiah when he came because they had preconceived ideas. And... Uh, and when he came, they were just looking somewhere else. So let's, let's look to God and not just have preconceived ideas of what's going on. And not only do we need to recognise that source, we need to draw on it. And, um, you know, it's like having an axe that's blunt. There was two, two guys in a competition, woodcutters, and they had a stand of trees, a bunch of trees they had to cut down. It was a bit like the tortoise and the hare, and the guy both started off with nice, sharp axes. And one guy just went flat out. He just, I'll get these trees cut before anybody. And he started off, and he got right, he got partway through, and he was way in front of the other guy. The other guy just kept, every few trees, he'd stop and sharpen his axe. So it was razor sharp. And uh, my son Ben actually has his axe so sharp he can shave with it. In fact, when he was looking for it the other day, he actually sliced the tip off his finger because he's fuzzing through the, the box where the axe was. But anyway, the, the thing here is the, they got partway through and the guy that, um, he was just so bent on getting through every tree, he wasn't going to stop and sharpen his axe. But the guy that had sharpened his axe every few trees gradually started to pass him. And at the end of the day, the guy that stopped to sharpen his axe was way ahead of the guy that didn't. It took so much effort with a blunt axe that he just got slower. He just ran out of steam. You know, we can run out of steam if we don't stop to sharpen our axe. If we don't stop to sharpen our faith, if we don't stop to put time into building our relationship with God, We'll be like the guy that didn't sharpen his axe. It'll be a much harder going. It'll be like pushing uphill. So we, let's stop to draw on that source, the source that God is. And, um, you know, Ecclesiastes 10.10 10 says, If the axe is dull and, the, and does not, one does not sharpen the edge, then he must use more strength, but wisdom brings success. So there we are, and Proverbs 27, 17, as iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens the countenance of his friend. That's when we need each other. We're not made to do it alone. And um, I'll just close there, but in conclusion, just remember to sharpen our axe often. Just remember to dig our well before we need it. And... Uh, and just make sure that um, we'll keep a me mentally and emotionally fit. We all know how hard it is sometimes when we're 
in a physical situation, but we often forget there's an emotional fitness, there's a mental fitness that we can work on too. And um, that's not to, uh, to say we're all the same and we all have the same capacities, same as with physical, but it doesn't mean to say we don't all need to work on that and, and get that out of the Lord. So, bless you. Let's just pray as um, the musicians come up. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we just pray that uh, we'll continue as we, before we face the challenges, before we face the storms, Lord, that we'll be resilient and prepared and, and have built that channel through you and to you as our source. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Thanks, God.